Hello, friends. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for helping the Art of Fitness hit the top 200 in the fitness and nutrition category. Thank you very much. In just five short weeks, you've helped me do that. I really appreciate it. And as a token of my appreciation, I'm giving away a barbell. So go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com and click the photo link. You can't miss it. It's like the first thing you'll see. It's a shot of uh, Rogue Echo Bar with like arrows pointing to it saying free. Just click on that, type in your name, type in your email, and I'm going to choose a lucky winner. Um, so I'll leave it up there for a little while to give everybody a chance to hear this. And thanks again, and good luck. I really appreciate it. I'm Steve Service, and this is the Art of Fitness. Hey everybody, welcome to The Art of Fitness. I'm Steve Serbis and today I'll be talking to Travis Williams. Travis is a 24-year-old CrossFit athlete, recovering Yu-Gi-Oh! addict, and a member of Misfit Athletics. His single-minded focus has taken him to the CrossFit Games in both 2015 and 2016. But more impressive than his 19th place worldwide finish in 2016 is the fact that he did so after living a sedentary lifestyle and being almost 100 pounds overweight just five years prior. Before we get into my conversation with Travis, let's go to the question of the day. D's wrists, writes, <laughs> Jesus Christ, D's wrists. Steve, my wrists kill me when I front squat. Is there a way around this or should I just not do it? You should absolutely do it. You should absolutely still do it, but you need to prep the wrists beforehand and you need to wear your wrist wraps properly. The major culprit of wrist pains in the front rack position is lack of shoulder mobility. More specifically, uh, the lats are too tight to allow your elbows to get forward and high enough to make rack position a resting position. There are several ways to open this position up, but a real simple one is to put a bar on your shoulders like you're going to go into a back squat. Grip the bar in clean grips, so take your hands and put them wide enough on the bar as you would if you were going to clean. So now the bar is on your back and your hands are in a position where the width is about where it would be for a clean. Grip the bar. And then, once you're holding onto that bar, push your elbows forward and raise them up toward the ceiling. Now, if you find this impossible, which some of you may, if you have really tight lats, really tight uh, posterior shoulders, posterior deltoids, you could take your elbows and put them on a shelf, right? Or on a box. So elbows are out in front, place them on a box, and then just squat. Squat and force the stretch of sending the elbows forward and up in front of your face. However, you need to think baby steps with this. Don't just rest them on a bar or a box or something in front of you and then slam yourself toward the floor 
causing your elbows to go flying toward the ceiling. You'll hurt yourself. Think small baby steps. A little goes a long way here. But if you do this for like five minutes a day, either before or after every workout, I guarantee you, you will see some results in a hurry. Also, wear your wrist straps properly. I see this all the time. They aren't cloth bracelets, guys. If you're wearing them too far below your wrist joints, so imagine if you're wearing them closer to your elbow, they're doing nothing, not a thing. So on your, as you're wrapping, on your final wrap, bring that final wrap up onto the meaty part of the hand, closer to your thumb joint. And when you wear them like this, you're actually offering the wrist joint more support. But if you wear them below the joint, like on your ulna, um, you're wearing a nice bracelet. It's not doing shit for your chronic wrist pain. So these, these wrists, um, I hope that answered your question. And good luck with the wrists and good luck with the front squat. All right, friends, let's listen to my conversation with Travis Williams. Things I'd like you to listen for in this episode, how Travis went from eating nothing but fast food and playing a card game to being the 19th fittest man in the world in less than five years. His feelings on cheating, how general physical preparedness made him the athlete that he is today, and just how single-minded this dude actually is. Let's get to it. Travis Williams? What's going on, man? Hey, Travis. Thanks for coming on The Art of Fitness. How's it going? Going really well. Having a good day so far. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your past, Travis. So in my research, uh, one thing that really popped out um, to me about you was that in 2011, you found yourself 70 pounds overweight. That's seven zero pounds overweight. And you have this great, like, mini documentary floating around about you. And I suggest everybody listening should check that out because you have, you have quite a journey uh, in a very short period of time with what you've done to yourself physically and, and what you've made yourself capable of doing. But, and, and in my opinion, the documentary covers all of that, right? But my question in it is, how did you get there? How did you get to 70 pounds overweight? So, um, when I was a, a senior in high school on Halloween, I was, a what? So I guess previous to this happening, I was a baseball player and I picked up, uh, I got really into playing Yu-Gi-Oh card game mm-hmm. and, uh, I got like kind of so into it that I don't know, I didn't really care to play sports much anymore, but, uh, I still played baseball and on my way to a tournament one day, I got in a car wreck and broke my knee, which gave me a, an excuse to stop being active at all. Right. Um, and, uh, I, from then, I just played cards and ate food and ate the same way I did when I played baseball and ended up gaining probably about uh, 60 or 70 pounds, uh, getting going from 200 to 270 over from between 2009 and uh, the end of 2011. Wow. So, first of all, 
you're talking to an old timer. What the hell is Yu-Gi-Oh? Um, so it's just like a children's card game, I guess. Uh, more like Magic Gathering. So here you are. Here you are, uh, a high school athlete, baseball player, and you got really used to sitting down. And um, so you were well into that transition into a sedentary lifestyle before this car accident, correct? Yeah, I, I'd say so, definitely. So what did the car accident do in terms of um, motivation, internal motivations or lack thereof? Did did you find that that busting up your knee made you not care anymore? Or did you find that busting up your knee was a, a, an inspiring um circumstance that got you off the couch um i think uh leading up to the car accident i wasn't having the greatest fall season in baseball and i was kind of getting over it anyways and i kind of knew that was my last year of playing period because i wasn't going to play in college or anything right. um so like i said that just kind of gave me an excuse to uh like stop being active really and you know, not work out at all. Um, and I mean, I think I kind of tried to get back in it, but my, my heart just wasn't in it. it. wasn't ready to hurt and be in pain or anything and practice all the time. Mm, understandable. So here you are. You're sitting on the couch. you got a busted up knee. Um, this is how you're living. You're eating shit food, correct? Yep, for the most part. <laughs> and so my next question is, why did you change? What was the catalyst? Why? Why did you say, you know, I'm not doing this anymore? What happened? Um, well, I didn't get laid for like two years. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. I was <laughs> That's a long time. Really hard, like struggling with the ladies, of course. Um, then, uh. I think I I stepped on the scale one day thinking to see how I was going to see like 240, 250, and I saw a 268, and uh, my sister had been going to the this CrossFit gym for a while, and she had lost like 30 pounds, and so when I uh, saw that the number on the scale, I, I kind of went up to her, and she had been trying to get me to go in the first place, and I went up to her and said, hey, I guess uh, I, I think I should join you at the gym and see if we can, see if I can see what this is all about and is kind of history from there is your sister also a competitor no she um she stopped crossfitting uh probably about four or five months in because she didn't like how competitive i was at it now did you find that that competitive that competitiveness that you know you once had in high school right that you say you, you lost the love for you lost heart your heart wasn't in it um what what was it about going to this gym because a lot of people walk into crossfit gyms man and and i'll tell you a lot of people walk into crossfit gyms uh, walk into any gym 50 40 30 70 100 pounds overweight and in a span of five years they don't become the 19th fittest man in the world so what was it about this particular time in your life in this gym that made you so competitive was it was it the fact that you were looking 
from right to left and you were seeing people do what you couldn't what was it what what was that inside of you was it spite was it you know fuck you guys i'm just as good as you how how does somebody get motivated from going to 70 pounds overweight playing a kid's card game eating dog food on a couch uh, after a car accident with a b- busted up knee and in five short years um you know competing at a high level at probably one of the most difficult physical challenges that it, that's out there right now and and doing so in the in a top 20 s- slot you know i mean what what was it so i mean the competitiveness from baseball i never really well so i've always been just a very competitive person in general um when i stopped playing baseball i actually just com- carried that competitiveness into Yu-Gi-Oh. um and i was literally trying to be one of the best people in the world at that uh, at the time and then when I found CrossFit I still played Yu-Gi-Oh for a little bit um, but then I realized uh, when I I, I, I mean I, I just went to the gym to lose weight at first mm-hmm. and I lost probably 10-15 pounds I saw uh, some of the things people were doing I said hey I want to be able to pick up 450 pounds like that guy mm-hmm. or saw somebody do a muscle up I said hey I want to be able to do that um, so I kind of in restructured my goals from losing weight to being able to do certain things um and once and then that turned into to be able to do some of those things i had to lose weight so i really focused on that and then once i learned that there was like a competitive side to it um i wanted to be better than everybody at that um so then i ended up like Yu-Gi-Oh and CrossFit are actually probably really similar, the competitive side of them. Um, but I ended up just deciding, hey, I don't, this Yu-Gi-Oh thing's not going to take me anywhere. Maybe this CrossFit thing will. And I'll, and I just kind of dropped all my eggs in that basket. Nice, man. So one thing fed the other. Your, your motivation to do required you to lose weight the more you lost weight, the more you were able to do, so on and so forth, until all of a sudden you're 19th place in 2016 worldwide. That is exactly how it went. <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, all right, man, let's let's get into this questionnaire. Uh, we're going to start with section one, the physical, and I'm going to open it right up with how many meals do you consume in a day, Travis? Um, I usually do... Uh, so I have oatmeal for breakfast and then like eggs and bacon as well. Um, but I split that up. So I guess that could be considered two meals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have lunch and I have dinner. So three to four. Three to four. Now in percentages of fat, protein, carbohydrate, do you, do you know your macronutrient breakdown or does it change with time of day? Does it change with training schedule? I uh, eat 380 grams of carbs a day, 80 grams of fat every day, and 190 grams of protein every day. Um, I don't uh, time any of that. My nutritionist said it doesn't really matter uh, at the level that I'm at, that mm-hmm. I just need to just make sure I'm getting it all in. How much time do you take between eating and training, or doesn't it matter to you? Um, really, I, I mean, I don't take a ton of time in between eating and training. Like... 
lunch lunch is usually like I have to go get something and then go back to the gym. So usually as soon as it's settled in 30 minutes, an hour maybe, I'm usually pretty good to go after that. How often do you train a day? Uh, twice a day usually. First session, come in, lift, and do a Metcon. Uh, second session, do like a interval and a aerobic con- or a conditioning piece as well, monostructural, and so, maybe another lift. So two sessions a day, typically what – how long do each of these sessions uh, take? Um, I walk into the gym usually about 10.30, and I am done, I'd say, between noon and 12.30. Mm-hmm. Then, so probably hour and a half, two hours, and then the other one's usually a little bit shorter, maybe an hour for the second one. And what does... What does a typical training day for you look like right now? Right now is mostly conditioning. Not uh, the strength is kind of tailored to the season. Mm-hmm. Really, like uh, there was a, like right before the open, we did do a lot of a ton of heavy heavy lifting. It was more of a high rep, uh, heavy cycling stuff. Not like like maximum loads or anything though. Just high rep, heavy barbells. And I'm assuming that as you move on to regionals, that changes in what way? Um, I mean, a program, it, it looks pretty similar all the way through. It's just kind of the, the type of workouts that I see change a little bit. Regionals, open, you see a little bit uh, less skilled stuff, more motor, more hurt, more grip. Regionals, you'll see... A little bit slower paced workouts, um, you know, more skills, rope climbs, muscle fatiguing stuff. And then the games is just run, 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 run. So who does your programming? Uh, Misfit Athletics does my programming. And you, tell me a little bit about Misfit. How did you get hooked up with those guys? Um, so a buddy of mine in 2013 was uh, following what they uh what they wrote on their blog and they did programming for him for the 2013 regional. He qualified individually. Uh, that was, I qualified individual that year as well, but I uh, competed on a team. Um, so it was the first I had kind of heard of him. Um, the following year, Jordan Cook won our regional and he had started doing Misfit uh, probably about five or six months before the season or before the, before the regionals. And, uh, he was, I mean, we were kind of neighbors and stuff. I kind of did my own thing. Didn't really train with him much. But after he, after I saw him kind of, you know, get through regionals and to the games with their programming, I was like, well, you know what? If he can make the games, and I was, I was beating him at almost every workout we did prior to that regional, you know. Uh, I was like, well, I got to do the same stuff this guy's doing if I'm going to keep up with him or beat him. So I ended up just kind of doing that, and then it, escalated into I love Misfit and that's all I do ever so so do you still follow their 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 blog or do they specifically program for you based on who you are and based on the results that you've gotten I do the free blog like everything they post on the blog is what I do every day um they he he tries to tailor some of the stuff for me 
but uh, I I don't really like that. I really enjoy just doing the GPP stuff. Um, you know, this is kind of like just a the Misfit vlogs really just like a really advanced uh, CrossFit class, as far as I'm concerned. And there are no secrets. You're doing exactly what you know. I don't know how many people follow that blog. Oh man, there's I mean there's hundreds of people that post uh, what they do on it every day. I mean there's definitely at least three four hundred people I would say. That's great. One thing that I notice about you is you seem pretty unshakable and you seem pretty focused. So let's go into section two. Talk about your mindset. How would you describe your state of mind while training in training sessions? Man, I just, I just like to have fun. Um, I go in training and I, I go hard. I like to, uh, I like to talk shit to other guys. I like to let them know when I beat them. I like them to let me know when they beat me, you know, um, that keeps me interested in doing what I do every day. And if you could liken your mental state in competition, so outside of the training hall, when you're having fun, but if you could liken your mental state and competition to a type of organic or inorganic substance, what would it be and why? Um, maybe like a rock. Great. Why? Um, there's not much going on, <laughs> you know? What like, do you mean? What do you mean by I, that? Like when, when I'm in a workout, I'm really, I'm not really think. I don't think much. I just... I, I focus on what I have to do, you know, um, and the the task at hand. So maybe more like a more like a machine that's just programmed to do one thing and only one thing. Imagine this scenario. So you're holding a baby in your right arm, and in your left arm, you're holding a cooler. Inside of that cooler is a vital organ that needs to be delivered to a loved one in need. You come to a canyon holding these two things, and the only way across is via a zip line, which requires one of your hands, at least, to hold on with. What do you put down? The baby or the cooler? And what do you take with you? Okay, um, whose baby is it? Um, and who's my loved one? Let's say it's your baby, and that mother's or, and that child's mother. My baby and that child's mother. No, I mean you keep the baby then, right? All right. Like yeah, there's there's you know that I, I mean there's a chance I don't even like the mother, you know. So <laughs> it could have been a total accident. Definitely keep the baby then. But I mean, if it's like baby Hitler or something, I think you you, you keep the organ. So it's easy for you to make a choice based on personality yeah absolutely okay a news broadcast just reports that the earth is going to be struck by struck by an asteroid the size of our moon officials have known about this for some time however we just found out that this that this asteroid is going to hit in 24 hours there's nothing they could do about it it'll mean a certain end for our planet how do you spend your last 24 hours um the baby and the mother are done okay this is a separate thing yeah um that, that's that's interesting um 
don't know. I'd probably just go to the gym and kind of try and enjoy it. I might, uh, per- actually, I'd probably get totally wasted. Yeah, and just kind of forget about what's going on. What what's what's your what's your drink of choice? Assuming that's um, what you meant. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy Dos Equis and whiskey. Beer and whiskey, bro. So yeah. When is it essential to lie, and when is it deplorable to tell the truth? Uh, probably like a life or death situation on the lie. I'm not. I'm not a big liar. I like. I. I tell the truth. If I. I mean, you know. But a life or death situation, maybe like. I'm about to get shot or something, and I have to lie my way out of it, or you know. But other than that, like I don't know. I don't. I don't ever see really any reasons to lie to anybody. It says a lot about you. Who in history? Real or fiction, would you describe as resilient, and why that person? Could be anybody. Could be a cartoon. Could be a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Who would you describe? <laughs> who would no, you des- I'm not. I was into the card game, not the show. <laughs> oh, <right. okay. laughs> who, who would you describe as resilient, and resilient. why that person? Yeah. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I'd say Teddy Roosevelt for sure. Yeah, man. He was giving like a uh, a stump speech. Got shot. Somebody shot him, and he uh, stayed up there and finished the speech, <laughs> and then came yep. off and got taken care of. I've heard that. I've heard that story. That's, that's an awesome story. So why did you say Teddy Roosevelt though? What what about what about Teddy Roosevelt made you say that name? He's just one of the first people that comes to mind when I think of like. Um, just like a leader of uh, anything, you know, all the time. And just somebody that was just awesome in history. Yeah. We're going to move on to section three, Travis, which is emotions. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Um, perfect happiness. Uh, I mean, just... Oh, man, that's tough. Like, just not having any worries or anything, you know. Money situation's good. Workouts are going well, you know. not Nothing's on the mind. No stress or anything. Just kind of moving through the day, having a good time, with a smile on your face, you know. Doesn't get much better than that. What is the opposite of fear? opposite of fear or bravery please finish this sentence love is blank uh, that, that's how you should finish that sentence uh. <laughs> what recurring trait do you notice about yourself that makes you angry something that you makes do, me angry yeah something that you cheaters do. Something and workouts. About, something about yourself. A trait that you notice about yourself. About that, myself. That, that makes you angry. That you. That wish makes you me change. angry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, when I when I don't shave for very long or for a long time, 
I hate my facial hair when I get lazy. Why? What, what? Does it come in blotchy, man, or does it look good? Yeah, it looks terrible. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, how, so how, when I don't shave, I get mad at myself. How old are you again, Travis? I'm 24. All right, well, it, it, it might come in a little thicker later on. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> when do you experience sadness? Um, sadness. I don't. Nice. I try not to. That's great. Sadness, being sad sucks, so I avoid it. Should be happy. Tell me about the last time you were genuinely surprised. Uh, probably when, uh, at the CrossFit Games this year, when I took fifth place in the handstand walk workout, and I had told my coach today before, I was like, you know, I, I really think I can top five this workout. And he was like, I'll buy you a giant cookie if you top five this workout. And then I said, all right, I'm going to top five this workout then. And then I really didn't think I had a chance to do it. But then I did, and I was really surprised. And I got a cookie. <laughs> what a man won't do for a giant cookie. What word or action incites a feeling of disgust in you? Cheating? Yeah. Workouts? Cheating workouts? Yeah. Bothers you, huh? Yeah. Have you ever had any experience with that? Um, Not me personally, really. I know other people do. So I, I don't know. Like, um, or when other people cheat against me, I guess I have experience with that. But... You know, it is what it is. You don't only worry about what you do in each workout. Without pissing anybody off and saying names, did you ever confront anybody? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have. I said, what are you doing? You only did you only did six out of seven, bro. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Oops, my bad. It's like, <laughs> oh. All that right. Was it. That was it. And that was the end of that. <laughs> Ah, shit. All right, man. L let's move on. We're burning through these, and your answers are great. I'm having a lot of fun. Let let's go on to section four. All right. What is your definition of the spirit? Of the spirit? Yeah. Um, your personal I'm, definition. What, what does that word mean to you? Uh, hmm. I'm not a very uh, spiritual or religious person, so I got me, man. I I, I honestly don't know. I, I you know, if, if I say something, I might offend somebody or something. But I, yeah, that's all. Listen, this entire section uh, is about your personal beliefs, so don't worry about offending anybody. Uh, okay. But but we're gonna go on. What happens to us when our bodies die? Probably going to go in a hole in the ground. Um, I would, as far as I imagine, I think it would probably be like before you were born. Mm. Name one event in your life that you could most closely describe as a miracle, if you can. As a miracle? Yeah. Um, Tommy V, 2015, regionals, I hit like a four-minute PR. A four-minute PR? 
Yeah, because when I practiced, like, I did it in, like, 13 minutes, and when I did it regionals, I did it in nine minutes. Wow. So, you know, miracles aside, how 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 did that happen? Um, I mean, do, you, do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first time I had done it, I just kind of did it, but then for the next, like, week, I practiced lots and lots and lots of rope climbs and kind of got a lot more comfortable on the rope. And then I went out there and ended up executing and kind of paying attention to what I was doing the whole time and knowing where I was going to blow up and how to manage that. So, you know, but I, I still didn't expect to finish as high as I did on that workout that day. Earlier you said that you try not to think so much, but what you just said really struck me. Do you, do you plan out? your events like you know that uh your forearms are going to blow up you know that your anaerobic capacity will give you you know three rope climbs at a clip at the second day in competition so you're only going to do singles at a time i mean when when you're approaching workouts do you go in with a game plan or do you just say look i know what my pace feels like I'm going to listen to it as I go, or is it structured? Yeah, so, I mean, mo most of the time the game plan is listen to your body. Um, I know what certain things feel like, and I know when certain things go. But a lot of times I will come out, I will come out a little bit hotter than I should when I do a workout, you know, just to kind of give myself that competitive edge at the beginning of the workout, because I'm not one that wants to. Uh, like kind of sell out at the end and bring it home there. I feel like if I do that, I may end up leaving something on the table. Moving on. When do you feel most connected with creation? Um, I don't know how to answer that. Great. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> what, is, what is the thing that is the closest resemblance to absolute truth? Yeah, I don't know how to answer that either. Moving on. Why do you feel you were put on this earth? Um, I was probably put on this earth to work out and to teach people how to work out. And uh, maybe to show people that it's not totally impossible to drop a little bit of weight and become the best you you can be. I mean, it really, it really is... Are you playing Yu-Gi-Oh right now? Right now? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm hearing some awesome shit in the background. Are you, oh, like, no, the, the fan for the computer just kicked on, I think. Oh, dude, it sounds like a, a phenomenal zombie flick. Uh, I was I was hoping that you were just getting completely bored with this conversation. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fucking watch TV. No, sorry, uh, man. <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh. That's cool. But what I was going to say is, you know, it's your journey is pretty astounding, man. It, it, it's it's uh, the reason why I wanted to get you on the show, because for everybody who's listening, if you haven't seen before and after shots of Travis Williams in just in just five short years, um, not only did you make this aesthetic physical transformation, but you went from sitting on a couch, playing a fucking card game, day in and day out, eating fast food, finding yourself in a situation that you know I I myself when I, when I was a young man 
when I was a kid, I was severely overweight as well. I, you know, I, I made that transformation. It definitely didn't only take me five years, um, but it led to an interest and a love for physical endeavor. So not only did you do this aesthetically, but you went from living a completely sedentary lifestyle, 70 pounds overweight, almost 100 pounds overweight, to playing on a stage with the worlds and the CrossFit Games is once you're at the CrossFit Games, not the Open, not the Regionals, but at the CrossFit Games, this is a worldwide competitive atmosphere. These these people are from over the entire world. The the fittest people that come together to say who's the best. And you finished 19th last year. That, that is just an incredible feat. And, you know, if you say that you feel like you were put on this earth to help people train and change their lives physically, uh, I think that at 24 years old, you, you you might have your life by the balls, man. Oh, I hope so. That, I mean, that sounds like it's a pretty good deal to me. Yeah, you know. I mean, for real, very good. Um, and at that, you know, I'm I'm not going I'm not going to shine you anymore. <laughs> but I, I but I am going to thank you very much, Travis, for coming on the show. Uh, we we you know I appreciate your patience. You know, for for those listening, Travis and I have been trying to connect for like the last six weeks, and it finally happened today. Um, but before you go, man, how can the audience connect with you? Um, on social media, whatever, how how can they check in with you? Yeah, you follow me on uh, Instagram at Travis MF Williams. Awesome. And do you have any events coming up that we should check out? Anything we should know about that it's that's important to you right now that you want to promote? Um, I mean, uh, check out our uh, Trash Talk Thursday posts between me and uh, Brent Fikowski, Pat Bellner, Sean Sweeney, and Joe Scally. Those are pretty incredible right now and then uh regionals coming up in may may 19th 20th 21st the south regional and how do we find trash talk thursday is that on instagram yeah hashtag trash talk thursday um that'll it'll, it'll bring up all of our posts oh that sounds or phenomenal. you can just check out uh any of our instagram pages great and and before you go think of the audience Think of these people that you want to help. Think of why you were put on this earth. <laughs> and uh, do you have any parting words for the audience? A morsel of inspiration, I like to call it. Something short that you just want to blast out there. And guys, uh, you just got to get in the gym. It all starts with just being there. Once you're there, everything else will work itself out. It's great, man. Travis Williams. Thank you very much for coming on The Art of Fitness. It has been a pleasure, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me, Steve. You got it, buddy. Good luck.